Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to another episode of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. You have been involved with a lot of efforts in government surrounding data and the exchange of information. And one of the people that you've been associated with in that is here today to talk about data and moving data forward, the, the idea of the distribution of data forward. It's Christian Honer, who's the Senior Director of Policy at the Data Coalition. Uh, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming in. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Happy to do it. How Good do to see you, Christian. How Good do you guys you, know each other? Well, I well, can't even remember when we first met. But. I don't remember when we first met, but um, Christian is one of the leaders of the Data Coalition. Yes. And they advocate for a greater government data transparency. Um, we most recently worked most closely together in advocacy of the Foundations for Evidence-Based oh, Policy Makers. You may recall I was a commissioner on the Commission on Evidence-Based Policymaking, which advocated common-sense policies to strengthen... You've, you know, I went back and counted. You've only mentioned it on 77% of the episodes of FedHeads. Well, now I have a goal. <laughs> you didn't know what you were getting yourself into, did you, Chris? I had a hint. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, what you brought with you today is the uh, legislative agenda for the Data Coalition. Walk us through the things that are important in your view in that sphere. Right well, now. Let me just set oh, this up a little oh. bit. In that, yes, um, Commissioner, uh, I consider the Data Coalition and Christian to be among the most effective policymakers in Washington today. That's um, a real honor. They, they've, <laughs> they've, they've got a, a, an agenda that is not the same as you would a traditional association would have. These are um, uh, policies that are intended to make the government work better so that we can analyze its data better. Um, And so, you know, when Christian shares his agenda, you ought to look forward to it being enacted because they've got a great uh, unparalleled record of success. I will pay attention raptly then as you tell me what your priorities are. Don't let us down, Christian. I got it. Jeez. Well, thanks, Robert, for that Putting intro. pressure on the guests, by the way, is not really conducive to better performance, just for your information. Sorry. Yeah, you guys got it. We're a, we're a trade group here in D.C. We've been around since 2013 and been growing pretty steadily. And I'm not even sure when Grant Thornton joined, but um, I've ever since I've been on the team for the past three years, you guys have been there with me, um, helping, you know, kind of, bring that subject matter expertise when we most need it on the Hill or, you know, when we're working with executive branch agencies. But, Robert, you got it correct. You know, I think we're pretty unique here in D.C. in the sense that we can kind of uh, walk and talk the good government and government improvement and public good. Um, But we're also a trade group and we represent jobs and businesses. And um, uh, through that, we're able to come to the Hill to policymakers and say, look, we have companies that are working in the agencies um, they're out there in the country, and these reforms are pragmatic. Uh, they're feasible. You know, they're not like pie-in-the-sky idealism, and we're going to get it done. And I think, you know, um, credit to Hudson Hollister, our founder, um, who's still on our board. And, you know, he talked a lot about, you know, it's transparency outside, but it's efficiency inside. And these open data principles really have that kind of dual benefit. And um, we're, we're that trade group that passes these laws to, you know, mandate that we 
get these open data principles managed and implemented, but we stick around for the long haul of implementation, whether that's three See, or five years. We're going to be there making sure it actually gets done. And yeah, done well. the, the Original Data Act, the Open Data Act, which was part of the uh, Foundation for Evidence-Based Policy Act, now law, what's, what's your next project? Well, we're going to make sure that law is a success, uh, like we did with the Data Act of 2014. That took three, four years of implementation work. It's still ongoing with Treasury. We've got to make sure people are using the data. So, like with the Data Act, Open Data for Financial Management, we've been there to make sure that um, Treasury and OMB are equipped and um, that the Hill's paying attention where they need to. And we're going to take that model to the Open Government Data Act, um, Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act more broadly, because they're working together and making sure that the agencies know how to get a benefit for themselves out of the law uh, and that Congress is actually going to use the data that they've mandated to be open. So there's that implementation work. We also have other legislation in the pipeline, if you want me to kind of... Well, talk about the, first talk about the requirements of the Open Data Act and what agencies... Or the and the Foundations Act because there are data provisions uh, beyond the Open Data Act. Um, yeah, t talk about what agency requirements uh, we should be most focused on. Yeah, I think just in terms of like the difference between Title One Foundations and Title Two the Open Government Data Act. Um, Title One tees up the questions, um, and then Title Two brings uh, the data management and the data to answer those questions. So without a sense of what you're driving towards, you really can't really manage your data. I mean, data is anything you can measure. It's pretty broad, so you have to have some focus to start with. Um, and then the requirements of the Open Data Act are pretty simple. It establishes key definitions in law um, for, like, machine-readable data. That's great to have in there. Um, it defines what a public sector data asset is, um, anything that should be um, subject to disclosure under you know, previous laws like the Freedom of Information Act should be proactively disclosed. And it puts agencies on, um, on task to map that data and make it available on data inventories um, under open licenses and open formats for the public to reuse. But there's also that internal use, and that's where the law looks internally and establishes chief data officers at every agency to you know, do these annual open data management plans. Um, you know, figure out what they have, how to map it and get it on the inventories, but also how they're going to use it themselves. And then roll all that up um, to a CDO council so they can actually have some representation in the government for the unique challenges that CDOs face. So that's pretty much what the law accomplishes, and then a lot of other stuff in between. But key part is it uh, amends uh, Title 44, which is where the Paperwork Reduction Act lives. So there's a, also a kind of a subtle part of this law that really should be getting at data standards and enforcing how you're collecting, curating, and ingesting data into the government because that's where it starts. What's your sense of the appetite for more legislation on data, regardless of how necessary it is and strong it is? Is this something that, given where Congress is right now, that there's bandwidth for them to pay attention to? I think there's a lot of bandwidth, and if you look at what the House, the new House did, establishing the Select Committee on Congressional Modernization, our community is calling it the Fixed Congress Committee, um, but, you know, they have uh, tech challenges, tech assessment, science challenges, but they also have information challenges, whether, you know, how do we assess it, how do we get it, what to do with it when we have it, and um, I think our job and a lot of other peer groups, think tanks, civil society, uh, we're trying to bring a message to that group, to that focus area in the House, and say, you know, how are you using USAspending.gov? You passed a law to open it. 
Um, Treasury did the work. Agencies are reporting data. Um, there was a lot of investment to make that happen. You know, what are you going to benefit from there? Um, how are you going to be mapping the government? Same parallel to the Open Government Data Act. You're going to have data.gov now codified. It could, you know, it's, it, it, we could see over a million data sets mapped on that. So based on where they're at, where they're at now. So, you know, what is Congress going to do with that? Congress represents the public. Mm -hmm. And um, they have a pretty broad job. The, size. the the new required chief data officers, they're going to have a more uniform set of responsibilities, presumably. They also now are the people responsible for agency implementation of the Paperwork Reduction Act, which is generally seen as a barrier to data collection. Um, and there's also privacy provisions. Privacy was a big concern in when as this set of legislation was moving its way. Can you talk about those things? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think it was really the, the drafters of the law's intent that uh, this would be kind of a stepping stone towards broader uh, data governance, um, you know, Paperwork Reduction Act kind of reforms in the future. And you have to establish kind of that workforce um, that caretaking group that understands where everything is and starts getting control of the applications and uh, the data ingestion as well as um, the storage aspects and the use. And then you can come and layer on more reforms in the future. The data coalition kind of across our policy agenda would like to see more um, these open data principles, structured data applied to the regulatory compliance kind of regimes that we see. Um, similarly for how like the Data Act established um, a governance structure and a data schema to govern how agencies report internally to Treasury their financial information. You know, we could see um, that expansion of those principles for uh, grant reporting, which we have with the draft Great Act, the Grant Reporting Efficiency and Agreements Transparency Act, simply just says establish a data taxonomy for all the forms, all the data elements on all the forms that recipients of federal grants have to report. Um, and then we also have a draft bill called the Financial Transparency Act, which would uh, take structured data for regulatory compliance across the eight uh, major financial regulatory agencies and kind of put the U.S. Treasury, again, in charge of propagating a common data format so that all of that can talk to each, talk to each other. For and both grants and the regulatory agencies or just the regulatory agencies? Just the information collections that the regula regulatory agencies currently conduct. But there's about 35 uh, grant-making agencies across 1,800 programs, 40,000 grant recipients, talking close to $700 billion a year. Um, Are you reading that somewhere? Just out of my head. <laughs> this isn't the first incredible. time I've walked through that. <laughs> you are our kind of guest. Yeah, That's Arcana. <laughs> That's Arcana, baby. Um, I want to shift gears for a minute, if I can, because Robert was just effusive in his praise of the efforts of the Data Coalition earlier in the conversation. Why do you think that is? What do you do or what do you think drives the success that you have? What do you do to, to achieve that level of success, do you think? Well, I think we're pretty unique in that, like we talked about earlier, we're a trade group, so we're, we can represent businesses and we have that perspective. And um, we have insights that affords us because, you know, we, we see what what's going on within the agencies. And I think Congress is kind of starved for that perspective sometimes um, when they go to try to do investigative work and can kind of trigger this whole oversight process sometimes and 
we can come in and just tell them, you know, really here's the foundational problem uh, that we're trying to solve and, and help craft um, policies with them that make sense. And well, some of this stuff is just low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think more broadly, um, we're a trade group that can also come in and sit on, you know, roundtables with civil society, um, the transparency groups that have done a lot of great work in the past, um, have a different perspective and group of stakeholders, as well as the think tanks, you know, the libraries. Uh, so we're able to kind of assemble these really unique coalitions uh, that I think, you know, I'm going to really work to protect going forward. I think that's really what moves the needle. So. Great. Lot there, and uh, congratulations on all your success. I appreciate you coming in and giving him a chance to talk about being a commissioner again, more than I can possibly explain. (laughs) You were here to see it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks very much. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks, Christian. Nice to see you as always, my friend. Good to be with you, Francis. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.